Hi, it's Mark Wasserman. Welcome to a special edition of the Skaboom podcast, which is the audio companion to my book Skaboom, an American ska and reggae oral history. I was very saddened to hear the news that Everett Morton, the original drummer of the English Beat, passed away at the age of 70 yesterday, Friday, October 7th. And this episode is a tribute to him and the iconic role he played in creating the unique sound of the English Beat and two-tone ska. Sadly, he is the third member of the band to pass away in the last four years. Ranking Roger died in 2019, and saxophonist Lionel Saxa Martin died in 2017. truth is, I feel a bit older each time I hear the news that a musical hero has passed. And the only solace I get is that I know that they'll all live on through the amazing and timeless music that they've created. As a 1980 Rolling Stone review of I Just Can't Stop It said, at their best in Twist and Crawl, Mirror in the Bathroom, and the incredibly frenzied Click Click, the English beats slide black and white music together and mix them up on a razor's edge of delirium. The English Beat were the soundtrack to my life as a young man, and seeing them perform live at the Fountain Casino in Aberdeen, New Jersey on April 24th, 1983, was a life-changing experience for me. I was a high school senior that spring, and when my friends and I got tickets for the show, we took the necessary precaution of visiting Playland in the heart of Times Square in New York City to procure the fakest-looking fake IDs ever. They came in handy, as the four of us got them from the same fake college, Whitman College, I believe, The IDs got us past the bouncers and into the club, as the drinking age in New Jersey in 1983 was 19, and we were all 18 or younger. What I clearly remember is feeling like an adult as my friends and I were able to get served beer and alcohol, and the crowd was much older than we were. It felt like my life was really finally starting. It also didn't hurt that I knew every English Beat song by heart and sang and danced my ass off all night long. stands out about the English Beat Show was the pure energy of the band and the almost out-of-body experience I had watching them. I paid very close attention to the band and those memories have always stayed with me. I think it was at that show that I decided I wanted to be a bass player and that I also wanted to be in my own two-tone band. 
A year or so later, I would pick up the bass, and then five years later, I would help start the first ska band in New Jersey, Panic, which later became Baker Thomas. Tone devotee, I have been influenced by some of the best drum and bass combos, including Horace Panter and John Bradbury of The Specials, Charlie Anderson and H. Bembridge of The Selector, and Mark Bedford and Daniel Woodgate of Madness. That said, Everett Morton really stood out for me in particular. He and the band's bassist David Steele have influenced my bass playing and approach to music more than any other musicians, and together they helped create the foundation for a sound that has stood the test of time. While the beat has often been defined by its frontmen, Dave Wakeling and Ranking Roger, as a bass player, I always focused on the way Morton and Steele were the engine of the band, creating uniquely new rhythm patterns, particularly on their debut, I Just Can't Stop It. When you hear those songs, you immediately know you are listening to the English beat. I think it's fair to say that the timeless quality of the beat's sound is defined by Morton's distinctive drumming style that includes syncopation and polyrhythm within a rock beat. He plays the entire kit percussively versus the familiar kick, drum, snare, hi-hat style favored by others, employing rim shots where you would normally expect to hear the snare drum. Influential to many, just listen to Stuart Copeland of The Police, for example, Morton should be a household name. Sadly, he's not. of the beat sound may have been a happy accident, having to do with how differently Morton and Steele approached their instruments. According to Dave Wakeling, David Steele was a punk with a clear idea of what he wanted and where he was going. Everett Morton was a left-handed drummer. He had set his kit up like a right-handed drummer, but played it left-handed. He was an original style, and if you worked with it, it sounded really unique. Morton immigrated to England from St. Kitts in the Caribbean in the mid-60s, working in a kettle spinning factory and playing music in the evenings and weekends. He first learned the drums when his cousin asked him to join his band. After a stint at a drum school in Birmingham, followed by practicing almost constantly on the furniture in his house, Morton developed his own style and began playing out around the Midlands. Morton joined Wakeling, Steele, and Andy Cox at the urging of a friend who worked with Steele at a psychiatric hospital in Birmingham. At first, it was rough going for the four band members. Morton was a reggae drummer, but the other three did not have experience playing the genre. While they listened to reggae frequently, they had had up until that point been playing in a punk style. This was the beginning of the band's marriage of punk and reggae. Those early days yielded the band's signature hit, 
Tears of a Clown. As it turns out, the song was one of the first the band ever played together where they clicked. By fusing a sped-up early 60s Jamaican drum beat with the sweet Motown sounds of the original, the band hit on something unique. According to Wakeling, When we first started rehearsing the songs, the drummer thought our songs were a bit weird. We had rehearsed the songs, and it would go okay for a minute, and then we would all veer off on our own little tangents, and we'd lose the groove on it again. And so Everett said, why don't we find a song that we all know and learn that one by ourselves, come back next Tuesday, and we'll play that song and get a groove with that one. And then we'll go back and play one of your weird songs, like that mirror thing. And so that's what we did. We'd play Tears of a Clown, then we'd play Mirror in the Bathroom. Then we'd play Tears of a Clown, and we'd play Twist and Crawl. And then we'd play Tears of a Clown, Big Shot. Tears of a Clown, Click Click. Tears of a Clown, Although the beat relied on Jamaican rhythms and other island rhythm and blues techniques thanks to Steel, they differed from other ska revivalists by raising the intensity of their music with punk. Rolling Stone magazine described the band's first album, I Just Can't Stop It, as a rambunctious cluster of singles held together by tenor saxophonist saxes winning, authoritative blowing, and a rhythm section that cared more about adventure than duplicating antique reggae. As such, the beat's best songs often had Morton pumping four-on-the-floor foundations with intricate offbeat stick work, and Steele's intricate and patterned frenetic bass lines would lock in very tightly, while the drums would shift, sway, and move. Just have a listen to Twist and Crawl as an example. Aside from the introduction, Twist and Crawl is based on two short verses, a longer verse, and a solo. These four sections repeat once and then again, with the song ending on a variation of the longer verse. Although considered a ska song, it's really based on the rock-steady reggae that Morton heard as a youth in the West Indies. Make 
hi-hat plays straight eighth notes with a quarter note accent, while the kick pedal plays quarter notes and the rim shots play on the three with a second rim shot on the four. Amazing. Thank you, Everett, for helping to create such amazing music and for having such a huge impact on me and so many others. Rest in peace. And thanks to you for listening. Take care.